We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Welcome back to another is for. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I appreciate you returning once again. I am here with uh, with Mr. Sarge. Hello. I'm not calling you Mr. Sarge. Sorry, I just Sarge, just Sarge. I uh, Mr. Sarge was your father. I don't know. Anyway, monster. No, no, no. <laughs> However, Mr. Monster has a decent ring to it. Um. Yeah. No. You're not getting no, Mr. Not Monster out of me. And I, <laughs> as always, I am danger. You're always in danger. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm really not. I uh, live a rather safe life. I feel like uh, the name danger is um, it's not accurate <laughs> to who I really am. So um, It's a shame. Yeah, it really is. But anyway, tonight on the Is For podcast, we'll be discussing the letter D. And D is for don't touch. No, double dragon. The uh, wait, wait, wait. Huh? You said double dragon. I thought it was double dare. No, I spent hours researching Mark Summers biography. I was learning how to do all the physical challenges. I was learning. I even practiced. I built a 20 foot tall giant nose full of slime and stuck flags up there to practice just for this First episode. Off. First off, I call bullshit because I've seen your carpentry skills, and I know that didn't happen. I, okay, I didn't build the nose. I bought one from wholesale. Okay? If you would have said Sarah went out there and built it, that'd be more believable. Okay, so Man. so we, for those of you that don't know, we record uh, almost exclusively remote from each other. And so I'm really curious as to what the physical challenges were that you thought were going to uh, to be presented tonight, but I I don't you know plan on really leaving this chair and doing much on this little screen here in front of me. Um, and two, if you got a big nose, you win. I mean, now you got a you got a new piece for the living room. All right. Well, nobody can see me, but I actually have this helmet on with a big plastic bowl on top where people can throw eggs, and if you get enough yolk in the in the bowl you win the physical challenge. Um, my daughter has been chucking eggs at me for hours. I am dripping with yolk. I am uh, I am not prepared for double dragon. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. You got yolks. Yuck, 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 yuck. I suppose to save that for the end of the podcast. Uh, nah, I, uh, I, the dad joke is, it just lives in me. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I just can't help them sometimes. So, so fun fact, I have not done any research on Double Dragon other than what I know from the really crappy movie and <laughs> from the video games. Okay, and okay. so, right. so let's, uh, let's actually start there. So the really crappy movie, yes, it was a uh, god-awful, just terrible movie. So uh, what is your experience with the video games? Performing CPR on the video game cartridge while trying to get it to work in the NES, getting frustrated at the 2D side-scroller and throwing the controller across the room. Okay. And Monster? I was going to say Double Dragon was NES hard. For kids that don't know, Nintendo hard was a whole different kind of hard. And uh, oh, yeah. Double Dragon was a tough one. But I still played it. I still rented it from Farmore. 
uh, Ooh, far a little, more. yeah, we blockbuster was too bougie. We went to far more and, uh, yeah, we played, we played double dragon a lot. Yeah. So the whole Nintendo hard thing is a real, real thing. You know, I think the one thing that made those games harder were the things that happened on, you know, several systems thereafter until you could save games until you could, you could save your progress because you had, um, you know, starting out with like three lives. And if you sucked at the game, the, all the three lives were gone in the first level and you just kept going back and back for more and more punishment. I'm pretty sure this was like a masochistic um, practice for pretty much every kid of a generation. And Double Dragon did that same thing that a bunch of those other 2D side-scrollers did, like Castlevania and Ninja Gaiden, where you get hit and you jump backwards. That used to drive me nuts. That made all those games so much harder than they needed to be. Yeah, you, I mean, you uh, got you, thrown back a bit. So, yeah. yes. I mean, Other examples were like Battletoads. Oh, Battletoads you know, was save, the save, hardest save. game ever. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game for the NES, the first one that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was good up until that damn damn. And if I had to put a game to equal the frustration that I felt playing Double Dragon, like modern day that kids could play now, it would have to be uh, Super Meat Boy. Where were the cube bouncing over the spikes? Mm-hmm. The spikes yeah. and the saws and all. But the thing uh-huh. I really like about Super Meat Boy is that after you beat the level, you get to watch all of your failed attempts and like super speed. And uh, that was, you almost, I, I almost wanted to just fail miserably repeatedly just because I knew that was going to be there. And, you know, even though I lost, I don't know, 500 times in one of the hard levels, I still won in the end because I was entertained when it was all done. And I'm not going to say anything to steal any thunder. But I think Sarge brought up an interesting game by throwing out Battletoads. I have a feeling they'll they will come up again later. Yeah, I actually don't have anything about Battletoads in my notes. Um, but Battletoads was a ridiculously hard game. The I've watched speedruns of it, and I don't know how those guys do it. But you know, hats off to them. That's not something I need in my life. Is I don't need to finish that game. Or Ghost and Goblins, for that matter. That was another impossibly hard game. Ugh. Ghost okay, and Goblins well then, was the cause of broken controllers smashed into walls and whatnot uh, plenty of times. So. Well, then when it comes up, I will bring up Battletoads again. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, if you could squeeze Battletoads into Double Dragon, go for it. But maybe Battletoads will get its own its own episode. I don't know. Anyway, let's dive into Double Dragon. So my experience with Double Dragon was the games, the arcade games, and then the uh, home console games, mainly NES. Uh, and, of course, I watched the movie. More out of curiosity, it was really when I was in a phase of wanting to watch bad movies because I thought they were funny. But then that one was just so bad, I couldn't think it was funny in a lot of places. But that one was just, it was bad. But we'll get to the movie. So Double Dragon kind of revolutionized and you know really changed up the beat 'em up you know genre of video games. It was uh, initially developed by Technos Japan. It was released in 87. Do you remember the uh, the two brothers names in the game? Yeah, I do. Jimmy and Bimmy. No. We'll get there. <laughs> Jimmy and Billy. Billy, Billy and Jimmy Lee. So, oh, right, of course. Yeah, you know, it started as an arcade game. Um it you know 
again, revolutionized the beat-em-up genre, and it resulted in a flood of beat-em-ups uh, during the late 80s and early 90s. The popularity of the game series put out a 93 animated series and a 94 live-action movie that was widely panned by critics and audiences. So, all right. So, jumping into the game series itself. Uh, two Double Dragon sequels were released for the arcade specifically. So, there was Double Dragon, and then Double Dragon 2, The Revenge, in 88. And then Double Dragon 3, The Rosetta Stone, in 1990. Never played that one. Uh, <laughs> but then, in 91, Double Dragon 2 was released for the Game Boy. And then, uh, fourth game was released exclusively for the NES in 92. That was Super Double Dragon. Uh, and Game Gear... What? And 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 I think you're forgetting the next sequel that came out in 1993, which was Battletoads and Double Dragon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I Again, no Battletoads in my notes. So if you... Uh, if oh, you, man. If you got some Battletoads trivia, now's the time because we're in 1993. Well, okay. So in 1993, they did a crossover, Battletoads and Double Dragon. It came out on uh, Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. And it was every bit as difficult as either one of those two games were originally. It is impossible. I got nowhere in that game. Okay, so let me back up. I did not know that there was a crossover. I just thought mm -hmm. you were talking about the game. Oh, yeah. I had no idea no, 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 no. You could play, you could play as either one of the Toads or Billy or Jimmy. And then you, yeah. if you were playing with two people, one could be a toad and one could not be a toad. I don't, I have, and I have no idea what the story is. I don't know <laughs> why they're in the game together, but oh yeah, it was a real thing. I played it. It's, I mean, it's, I remember walking through the video store and being like, Battletoads and Double Dragon. Thank yeah. you. And then it's popping it in. Like, yeah. backstory, press A to skip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anytime you had a crossover of worlds during the early 90s, there really was no real logic to why they were in each other's universe. They were just there, and you accepted it, you know. Um, I kind of remember, like, Double Dragon-style bad guys on a spaceship getting punched in the face by a frog. And it's like, okay, first of all, that's brilliant. And second of all, it makes absolutely no sense. So in 93, aside from this crossover Double Dragon, Battletoads, uh, Double Toads, we'll call it Double Toads. <laughs> um, so, Dragon Toads. Dragon Toads. Um, all right, so Game Gear put out a Double Dragon uh, port of the game that's not the original game, but it was just called Double Dragon. Got a little confusing for people. And it's an entirely new entry into the series, and it played a lot more like a Streets of Rage game, which... I mean the the Streets of Rage games are oh. I mean are so up there for me. I uh, yeah we're gonna have never to got into it. No? We might we might have to do an S for Streets of Rage. I, Those I've are my favorite beat 'em ups. That, oh. You've never played a Streets of Rage. Wow. Never played Streets of Rage. Ever. That is my favorite <laughs> beat 'em up uh, series for sure. I think we'll do no, a video. I, I think we'll do like a video live stream of Sarge plays Streets of Rage. <laughs> oh, I love it. The new Streets of Rage. The Streets of Rage. What four? Yeah, yeah. Because I've been wanting it's, to get my hands really on it. Really good. Anyway, so, 
Yeah, I, I've played I've played through it. It is really hard. It it feels like a Nintendo game. I refuse um, to play by myself because those Streets of Rage games were so much fun. Multiplayer, so. Yeah, they uh, are a lot of fun. Oh, now I got to Google Streets of Rage. Uh, All right. Oh, I love it. In 94, Double Dragon 5, The Shadow Falls. So we had Double Dragon, Double Dragon 2, 3, and then 2 again, and then Super Double Dragon, and then a Double Dragon for the Game Gear that's a whole new game, and then Double Dragon 5, <laughs> The Shadow Falls uh, for NES. Yeah, that whole thing was based on the animated show. Not actual, not the games itself, which the games were based on the, the show was based on the games, and then there was a game based on the show. It's like Jurassic Park, where it was uh, a movie from the book, and then they made a book from the movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't really fully understand that financial business move, but, you know. And, you know, and I think for the record, Shadows Fall is a little bit underrated. I think they put out a couple of good albums. The War Within is really good. They toured with Kill Switch. You know, they're 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 a solid band. All right. I I wonder <laughs> if that's where they got their name actually, but yeah. Um no, that's fair. Uh, I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it too. But, you know, uh, maybe they did. I don't yeah. know. I've heard weirder things as far as band names go. Now, Sarge, you got a look on your face that is perplexing. I'm watching as you guys are talking. I'm listening and I'm watching the insane combo mechanics for Streets of Rage right mm -hmm. now because it's uh, it's not sponsored by Streets of Rage, ladies and gentlemen. But you can buy it on Steam with the Mister X Nightmare DLC for twenty nine dollars and sixty eight cents. That is Streets of Rage four plus the Mister X Nightmare DLC. Or you can go watch a highlight reel on YouTube with Game Breaks music on it because Game Breaks is buddies with the developers. And we <laughs> subtle. Just saying. Hey. Or I could buy the original one for Where an there's hour. an outlet, there's a plug. <laughs> I like that. I've never heard that. Yeah. I just thought of it. I don't. Okay. All right. Oh, no. All right. Go ahead. Keep going. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Keep going. Oh, all good. All good. So. Um, another fighting game produced by Technos, simply titled Double Dragon, was released for Neo Geo, Arcade, and Home Consoles in 95. Uh, this was the last Double Dragon game produced by Technos before the company went out of business. Was that the one-on-one -on -one fighting game? No idea. No idea. Yeah, they, I, uh, I looked up so many Double Dragon games, I cannot tell you which ones were which. I watched so many clips on these different Double Dragon games, I, I can't begin oh. to tell you. Okay, it was called uh, Rage of the Dragons. It came out on Neo Geo, and it had Jimmy and Billy Lewis, but they were supposed to be the Double Dragon guys. And it was like SNK, King of Fighters style, but it was um, supposed to be like within the Double Dragon universe unofficially. Yeah, so it's just like two guys fighting. I do remember seeing one of those at one point in my, yeah. in my research and all. So in 2003, so we actually jumped from 95 to 2003. So all these kids that grew up playing Double Dragon are now old enough to start making something of its own, of their own. And uh, in 2003, a remake of the original Double Dragon titled Double Dragon Advance was put out on the Game Boy Advance. 2011, another remake released for the iPhone. It seemed like at a certain point they were just remaking and not 
making new. And I think that might be the reason why Double Dragon died off. Double Dragon, you know, kind of faded out. And I maybe this is because uh, the beat 'em up genre just disappeared. So, you know, I can't well, think of any beat 'em up, many beat 'em up games anymore. I know there was uh, River City Rivals, I believe it was, mm-hmm, which was a great mm-hmm. little game. Uh, but it was very pixelated on purpose, and you mm-hmm. know, it was a throwback to that. So, well, so a lot of those versions of Double Dragon, those remakes and stuff that you mentioned, are pretty pretty poorly received. However, they did do a remake, reimagining, whatever you want to call it, in 2012 called Double Dragon Neon. Yeah, and that's that, actually the next that, thing I was going to say. Okay, because I was going to say, that's very similar to the Streets of Rage 4 that came out. It sort of pays homage to the original. It has sort of like throwback graphics, but still like modern flair to them. Um, that's actually a really, really good version of like a modern day beat 'em up Double Dragon experience. So Double Dragon Neon was a self-parody of the series that was released in 2012 for the PS3, PlayStation Network, um, Xbox 360, Xbox Live. And then it was released in the beginning of 2014 for PC. It got pulled, put back, whatnot. So, you know, back and forth. But now um, I do believe it is on Xbox Live for anybody with Xbox Live membership. So, um, and What then, is? What's on Xbox Live? Oh, sorry. Double Dragon Neon. Then there was, in 2013, Double Dragon 2, Wander of the Dragons. And I was trying to find if that was a typo or what, but I think Wander of the Dragons, uh, 3D remake of the original Double Dragon 2. I just felt like it was a weird, um, grammatically off name. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, so then in 2013, they released a compilation of the three arcade titles uh, titled Double Dragon Trilogy. A uh, new title to the series. So we finally get a new title. So the... Uh, you know, we got the new title in 2012, which was Double Dragon Neon, which was a self-parody of itself. But we really didn't get a new, seriously serious Double Dragon game since 2000, or 1995 until 2013. Um, or excuse me, 2017. It was Double Dragon 4. I don't understand the numbering of these things. Um, <laughs> it makes no sense. I feel like they were following maybe George Lucas's lead with Star Wars. And how to number things backwards and forward and made no sense to me. I hate it. I just want to put that out there. I don't like it. Well, between between the years of like 94 and 2000, a lot of the gaming world was actually taken by Storm with Mortal Kombat and games such as that. Because that was when you had like extreme gore, what they called extreme gore, and games that you could turn on, turn off, you know, so forth and so on. So, like, side-scrollers like that, you know, I mean, think of it like, you know, others visually same side-scrollers the same, even just games the same is, like, Street Fighter, stuff like that, where the graphics are a little bit better, but it's still only one dimension, you know what I'm saying? And then Mortal Kombat came in, and they took everything by storm and just redid how people play video games for a while. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the uh, um, the Mortal Kombat series changed everything. I think it really pumped up the whole 
um, not only fighting game, you know, along with your um, Street Fighters and whatnot, but as soon as you introduced a whole concept of the rating system, you know, which <laughs> that blew the roof off of everything, you know, that all of a sudden made kids want to get a game that was rated beyond their, you know, their age, you know, it, that alone changed the entire industry. But then you had Mortal Kombat that all of a sudden had those realistic, you know, graphics where you had the, I forget what they called it, but they filmed the real people. Digitized. Yeah. So. Mo-cap. Yeah. I mean, the, Mortal Kombat changed everything. You know, I think Mortal Kombat deserves its own series or, or, or its own episode. Of course, we would uh, have maybe have to split it up into a couple because huh. those games have been going on. I was going to say for, there's there's I was going to say there's like twelve or thirteen numerical entries, and then about twenty five, fourteen, and then probably an additional twenty five or so spinoffs and special editions well, and all kinds. We would, of we would even have to do. The movies as their own. I was getting ready to say, and then three uh, movies. All right, so that'll be M for the next twelve seasons. <laughs> so well, we can't because this year's M is Mars Attacks because someone thinks we should talk about Mars Attacks because we should because it's a great movie. I think we should. All right, so but since this is a letter D, I think we should talk about Double Dragon. Yeah, I think so too. So or Double <laughs> Dare. No, no, no Double Dare. Ah, All right. Double Dare. Or, so the uh, the brothers made appearances in other games. So that we've pretty much wrapped up all the games. Like they were hugely successful in the beginning, and then they kept remaking to try to re-grab and whatnot. And they just could not get back to it. So they made a couple appearances in other games. Then, you know, your Battletoads Double Dragon crossover, I believe, would fall into to this yeah. category. So yes. which I do kind of want to play. I just Give it a go and see how it is. So. It looks cool. It captures the style of both. I remember. Do you remember in Battletoads whenever like the the toad is surprised and his jaw drops really really low? Doesn't okay. it like hit the ground? Yes. yes. Yeah. So there's a really cool shot where if the toad and one of the double dragon guys they both do it. And so to see like one of the human, I don't remember if it's Billy or Jimmy, but when it shows them as a human eyes bugging out, jaw yeah. on the ground, it's, it's very funny. It's yeah. cool. I, uh, I would like to pick it up at some point. So yeah. All right. Rage of the dragons out on the Neo Geo. Um, it was an unofficial homage to double dragon and then river city ransom, double dragon theme music plays during a battle against Randy and Andy two characters based on Billy and Jimmy. Have either one of you ever played River City Ransom? Yes. Uh -uh. That was a really cool game. It was like part beat em up, part RPG. It, it was it was fun. I was too young to really like get it and really get into it, but I remember playing it and having a lot of fun. Oh yeah, it was uh it was great. I stayed up uh, I, I say not too long ago, but given the fact that I can't stay up late these days anymore, <laughs> um, it was, you know, quite a few years ago, just crashed over to Buddy's house and we played it all damn night. I think we played yeah. it and well until sun was up and we just could not get enough of it. So loved it. So then River City Girls, which was a, sort of a spinoff of it. Um, the Lee brothers have two dojos in River City where the player can acquire new fighting moves. I uh, exchange for money. So kind of a neat little nod. You know, they've definitely made their way into plenty of places. 
I was going to ask, I, I don't know if you're going to bring this one up, but do you, do you have anything in your notes about a Bobo's Big Adventure? I don't think so. Okay, so in Double Dragon, a Bobo is the the real big muscular guy with a great big head. And I do in, have him in my notes. So. Okay, I, I don't know the year. I think it was early 2000s. They did a PC game, a Bobo's Big Adventure, and you basically played as him, and you went through a bunch of other like NES titles, Double Dragon, of course, but other characters and franchises as well. It's unofficial. It's unlicensed. But I've seen some playthroughs. It's hilarious. It is so funny. If anybody, I'm sure our audience would know AVGN, the angry video game nerd. Mm -hmm. But him and his buddy play through it. And if if you don't want to play it and you just want to see it, I would recommend that. It it is hilarious. It's very funny. It's very over the top. So, and other media, which I am convinced that uh, Double Dragon is just a doomed series and should not venture into other places. So uh, Marvel put out a comic in 91, which lasted for only six issues because it so, sold so poorly. And then uh, Double Dragon is one of the games featured in the manga titled Rockin' Game Boy by Shigito Ikara. There's always one name. Always one name. Yeah. And that lasted from 89 to 91. I think that if anybody picks up Double Dragon, it just you shouldn't because it's it's a doomed franchise. But um, like any franchise, doomed franchise, just the fact that people want it, yes, have heard about it, they're going to do it. A doomed franchise for the modern day, um, Boondock Saints. When the Boondock Saints came out, right? Well, that first movie was fantastic. I loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. Everybody liked it until after it received such poor ratings in the movie theaters. When it be, when it came off the movies and onto VHS and DVD, that's when everyone started to really fall in love with it. And that's when that's why it took so long to bring Boondock Saints 2 out. Well that that's happened for plenty of movies. I mean Fight Club was not a well received movie, but upon DVD release it gained a second life and a cult following. Yep. I, that's happened to plenty of one plenty of movies. I Never saw Boondock Saints in the theaters. Wasn't aware of its critical feedback. And yeah, I just, I saw it on DVD and I've loved it ever since. And, and I was going to say, Boondock Saints 2 is not awful. I mean, it's, it's also it's, not good. Well, it's not as good as the first one, obviously. Yeah. But Boondock, yeah. Boondock Saints 2 is the one you sit back with a drink in your hand, you know, eating French fries or pizza rolls on a Sunday, and you just watch it because you can. Mm, that sounds about right. So the animated series ran from ninety three to ninety five for twenty six episodes. Um, how many uh, how many episodes was it? The Adams family got in two seasons, something like sixty five. Oh, I mean, it was a ridiculous yeah. amount. Yeah. So uh, twenty six episodes, two seasons, as a part of Bobot's Amazing Adventures in Syndication. Cool. I don't know what Bobot's <laughs> Amazing Adventures. I I googled that. Couldn't find Bobot's Amazing Adventures. See if you could find it, Sarge. B-O-H-B-O-T apostrophe S. It is a possessive Bobot. I remember watching some of the Double Dragon cartoon. And, uh, oh, yeah. I, I think it ran for about 25 episodes too many. I, it may have. So, I mean, the <laughs> fact that it was canceled um, after not too many. Yeah. So, all right. We'll jump into the movie. 
here in just a bit. It was a venture into other media. So, all right. So, I want to talk about the characters of the game, of games. For most of the series, because there's a few entries where this doesn't exactly apply, player one is Billy. And if you want to have a, a second player, or if you have a little brother or whatever, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy is usually player two in the game. So the Lee, Lee brothers are characterized um, as successors of the fictional martial art known as Sasetuken. S O S E T S U K N. Sausage, what now? Yeah. Uh, sausage Tukin. And it directly translates as twin sever fist. Uh, <laughs> I hate it, it. Yeah, I know. I kind of like Sausage Token better. So, and it combines. Uh, karate, Tai Chi, and uh, another one. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. So, yeah, not going to. So, the brothers are actually named when their original arcade game was initially released in Japan. Although the names Hammer and Spike were given to them in the cabinet and promotional flyer and overseas versions. The names Billy and Jimmy Lee were established on the Famicom NES uh, version of the first game and used in other console versions and tie-in products such as the original sound of the Double Dragon soundtrack album. Yes, you could buy the soundtrack album for Double oh. Dragon. Yeah. I couldn't find an original copy for a reasonable amount of money. Let me just put it that way. I, I found a couple cassettes, but those even were like very questionable as to, you know, if it was actually a uh, an original tape or just somebody put it into the boom box and recorded on a blank cassette so nes had some pretty like iconic music and yeah. i i actually find myself listening to the castlevania music and the Mega Man music just on its own just like while while working and doing other stuff the double dragon music they're like none of it's like jumping out to me but i always remember it being very appropriate like it was always like it was well crafted. It did match the game. The game. Yeah, it, yeah, it went well with the game, but it's not music that really stuck with me. No, I I can't think of any off the top of my head. Going through all my research, I don't know how many Double Dragon songs I heard played with different music. So there's not any specific Double Dragon song that jumps out to me. But I do know there's been people that have made careers off of performing Nintendo music yeah. live. I mean, it's um, Billy Lee's name comes from a combination of Bruce Lee. With the first name of his character, Billy Lowe, from the movie Game of Death. So, Billy Lee. All right. Um, and Jimmy... Where does the name Bimmy come from? We'll get to it. Um, <laughs> Jimmy is named after Jimmy Page. Um, yeah. All right. Are we talking about the movie now? Are we, are we talking about the movie now? No, not, not quite yet. So, you've got horses, and I need you to hold them. Yeah. Absolutely Don't not. tell me what to do with my horses. Be I know, right? stable, which means to hold your horses. All right. Yeah. Ooh, I hate it. I know. Yes. <laughs> if, oh. if if there was an underlying theme of this episode, it's Monster Hates It. <laughs> so, because you've said probably about four times now, I hate it. D is for dad jokes as nauseum. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So, their appearances change in almost every game between switching hairstyles between each character, switching hair colors, switching faces, really. But, yeah, I mean, that was one thing that was just not consistent for any game. Now, do you guys remember the love interest for the game? Do you guys remember who it was? 
Marion Delar Delarino. Marion, yes. It was Shit. Billy's girlfriend, right? Ah. The two brothers. She's mom. Ah. Um <laughs> the two brothers <laughs> the two brothers are shown to be romantically interested in Marion, a student at their dojo. The arcade version of the first game, along with most console versions, can end with both brothers fighting each other for Marion. Mm-hmm. I do not remember that at all. And the survivor ultimately winning Marion's affections. Uh, the Famicom NES version, which establishes Marion to be Billy's long-term girlfriend, changes the story so that Jimmy was actually the leader of the Black Warriors, which is the uh, the rivals throughout the entire series, really. And uh, this was a change that was actually made as a result of no two-player cooperative play in that version and was uh, the one who orchestrated Marion's kidnapping. So when it went to the NES, Jimmy became a dick. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Jimmy was was renamed Richard. (laughs) I have two brothers, and I would help them with most things. But I don't think I would fight through like nine levels of a deadly gang to try to rescue my brother's girlfriend. That no. seems like a lot of work. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I, 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 I think I would be able to make it in real life to help. But uh, I would just recommend that my brother find somebody else and move on. You know, the whole plenty of fish in the sea type thing. The minute somebody with a denim jacket throws a knife at me, I'm out. I'm, I'm going home. Like. I got kids. I got things to do. I mean, they look like they use the word ruffians. I mean, I, I, <laughs> so a denim jacket is one thing, but when he tears off those, uh, you know, the sleeves and it becomes a denim oh. vest. Yeah. Oh. A, a knife throwing denim vest wearing guy from a black, a, a game called black warriors. Nah, bro. I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. Yeah, and, and this is 2022 y'all. We can't name our gang stuff like that anymore. Okay? No, that's not, that's not, no. It's not going to work. No, but uh, back then, Black Warriors. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, the gang of the Black Warriors, the original leader before Jimmy, <laughs> uh, was Willie McKay, also just known as and referred to as Willie. And they and Willie's whole thing is he kidnaps Marion to learn their martial arts. That's his whole thing. Like, he wants that, like is that what the kids are calling it these you, days? You won't you won't <laughs> teach me how to fight the way that you do, so I'm gonna take your lady. <laughs> so and the three recurring or not three, the four uh recurring characters as far as the villains go is uh the thugs Williams and Roper, R O W P E R, and the Dominatrix Linda, which that seems odd to me that they would A put a Dominatrix in there and then just name her Linda. And then the bald strong man, uh Bobo. Oh, yeah. Oh, so he's cool. Yeah. All right. So let's uh let's jump ahead and uh talk about the movie. Are you are you ready? Thank there? you. You ready there, Sarge? All right. Absolutely. Released in 1994. Directed by James Yukich, but he's credited as James Nixon. Starring Robert Patrick or um T1000 from. Mm-hmm. Terminator. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark Dacoscos, which I did not recognize his name, but when you see his face, he is... Uh, he's he is the chairman from Iron Chef America. Okay, there you go. I, again, I didn't recognize his, 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 his name, but when I saw his face, it's like, oh, I've seen that guy in plenty of martial arts movies. Alyssa Milano and uh, our, oh. yeah, and, uh, our old friend Andy Dick is, plays a weatherman. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Um, and if, you know, the, those first three names could, you know, it could be a decent movie, but as soon as Andy Dick is thrown in there, uh, the movie is just, it's going down. You know, Andy Dick has never made a movie better or uh, it's just always made the movie worse. So uh, I will tell you, if you want to see a 1994 heartthrob for boys everywhere, I will have to tell I mean, I was like 12 years old when this movie came out and I actually saw this movie. Alyssa Milano with short cropped hair, dyed blonde, totally outside the norm of the 90s. Sarge, Sarge, it was 1994. You were at least 20 years old when this came out. I was not. I was 12. And I was like, holy crap, she's hot. So, you know, I had a picture of Alyssa Milano in my room. All right. Not to sound like a complete douche, but during this time, I went through a phase where I got really into, like, Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee and, like, legitimate martial arts kung fu films and like watched like rented a lot that were like overdubbed and didn't have like you know like rumble in the bronx and stuff like that was was my jam so when this came along i was like you gotta be kidding me like absolutely not so i've actually never seen this i tried to watch it and and you know i'll say i did watch it but i think i got maybe i don't know a little over halfway through and i was like you know screw this thing it's it's bad i got to the point to where they transformed which actually was used in in a certain game at one point but yeah um i got to that point i was like ah nope i'm out i just it was bad so the washington post called it clumsily paced and amateurishly acted that sounds pretty apt yeah New York Times called it a movie of frantic action and clever special effects with jumpy nonstop energy that overrides the scripts. And uh, yeah, it just um, <laughs> it's yeah. Rod Tomatoes gave it a thirteen percent. That's not as bad as Adam Sandler's Pixels holding a zero. Um, but you know, it said that. Well, let's not forget the original OG Mortal Kombat came out in '95. Okay. So if you want a good martial arts movie based on a video game, it didn't come out in 95 either, but Mortal Kombat is at least more fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's more fun, but I mean, okay, so when this movie came out, it did nothing for, you know, video game movies by any means. It, video game movies were already hurting from the uh, Super Mario's movie. And, you know, I hate to say it, but I think the best video game movie adaptation was probably Sonic. I mean, it's a movie that isn't bad by any means. You know, that was actually that was actually on in our house tonight. I didn't get to watch a lot of it, but the little bits that I saw were fun. And yeah. I thought Jim Carrey was was doing a great job. He was entertaining, and yeah, the the special effects look good. So yeah, yeah, I, I, you might be right about that. I I think it is. So all right. Ron Tomato says, uh, Double Dragon's clever use of special effects cannot mask the film's overly simplistic storyline and cheesy dialogue, uh, making it one of the lowest-rated video game adaptations of all time. In 2009, Time listed the film on their top 10 worst video game movies ever. Yeah. So, according to Box Office Mojo, the film grossed $1,376,561 domestically in its opening weekend. Two million, that's, uh, that's not bad. $2,341,300 in its North America theatrical run. Um, in Europe, 
1,780,000. And in South Korea, which it wasn't released until 98 in South Korea. Uh, Imagine getting that special package in 98. Hey, by the way, here's Backstreet Boys' first album and uh, Double Dragon. Enjoy. Um, Did you say what the budget was? No, we're getting to it. So, made... Thirty grand, thirty thousand seven hundred thirty-six dollars. So it had a budget of seven point eight million, and it grossed over its lifetime uh, four point two million. So, yeah, I feel like ninety-eight was a uh, pop culture nightmare in South Korea. <laughs> oh, so you know, back in the nineteen nineties or even early two thousands, I mean, video games were like kind of frowned on. All you young whippersnappers need to go outside and play. Yeah, so movies based on that on video games were still kind of frowned on, and uh, I mean, look, look at look what we have now. We have complete three was season three of The Witcher, which mm-hmm. is based off of a book made into a video game that made the book super popular. So, I mean, well, it I is mean, what it is, I you know, you to got, go along with what you're saying in the '90s, you're right. Video games were looked down upon, and so video game movies were probably not taken serious by any means whatsoever. And now you have people that are old enough to make movies and actually get the budgets that were inspired by the video games they played when they grew up and probably still play video games. I mean, just like within the past couple of years, you have tons of Resident Evil films and and a new one getting ready to come out. You've got a God of War series getting ready to come out. Resident Evil had the movie on Netflix and they're going to come out the TV show, the series, right? Um, so I know that they just released a new film last year or yeah. something like that. It actually wasn't and bad then, if you haven't seen it. It's not bad. I, I have not seen it yet, but I have heard it's good. Um, and then they're getting ready to release a new Resident Evil, but I'm not sure if it's a movie or a series. It is coming to Netflix. I thought it was a movie, but you're probably right. It probably is a series. Everything is a series now because... Yeah. People apparently have nine hours of free time every couple months. Go figure. Um, All right. So want to run through some fun facts. So we all are familiar with DLC and how DLCs give you things for the games that you can buy. Sure. Okay. It actually all started with Double Dragon 3. So in Double Dragon 3, you could um, put more quarters in to buy new moves weapons and life bar extensions so that was the first time in the history that i could find in the research i did that you could actually go to a shop in the game and actually pump some more quarters in and buy some but it was actually really uh removed from the japanese version um of the game the arcade cabinet so wow yeah um yeah that's new i've never heard that before yeah so the cartoon Rambo, Robocop, Toxic Avenger, all of them were rated R, but they still got a uh, a cartoon. That that was something I was going to mention to to Sarge a few minutes ago. Video game movies were kind of like, you know, like you said, video games are kind of frowned upon in that that era of the nineties. But there was this big like push of like hard R blood gore violence films that were made into kid products. Like you were mentioning some of those TV shows like Toxic Avenger and stuff. I had a bunch of the aliens and predator toys like yep. like marketed to children. But these were hard R like rough films. Oh, yeah. 
think you and I talked about how when we were kids, uh, your dad sat you down and had you watch Dawn of the Dead, and then my dad mm-hmm. had me watch Predator 2. Yeah, <laughs> so, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. What was that? We came out normal. Yeah. Sarge, what was uh, what was the movie, the, the hard R, like, not appropriate movie for a kid to watch that was presented to you at a young age? Hmm. See, that's a that's a tough one because growing up in my house, my mother's nickname was Little Hitler, right? And the reason why is because she was sure. up until my junior year in high school when I had a job, my bedtime was 9 o'clock. Like, we couldn't watch a lot of things because my mom was like, nope, nope, nope. And so we would have to go over to our friend's house and like kind of sneak watch it or creep out in the living room down the hallway and watch it yeah. while they were watching it. So, okay. So this also got friendly little cartoon, as we learned. And in the cartoon series, Billy and Jimmy were dragon warriors who must honor a certain code. The code for the dragon warriors were three big rules. Do not battle if you can avoid it. If you must fight, do not injure, even if a denim clad vested man was throwing a knife at you and never intentionally harm another. So nothing like the game. Maybe the reason why the series only lasted for 26 episodes. So, mistranslated name. Are you guys familiar with the uh, Shang Long hoax from Street Fighter 2? Ryu's victory quote, the uh, Shang Long, he would say something that sounded like Shang Long. And actually, people thought it was a hidden character in the game, which later became a character they created just because this thing blew up around it. So, in the NES version of Double Dragon 3, The Sacred Stones, starting a two player game, will show a cutscene that has Billy Lee's name written as Bimmy and later referred to in Double Dragon Neon. You must face two mutated versions of the main characters who were named Bimmy and Jammy. So there's your Bimmy. <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah. All right. Hulk Hogan's rise, coupled with Vince McMahon, helped the WWF become a big business during era where video game home consoles were starting to heat up. Technos Japan was the first company to be given a chance to develop a WWF game. This is where they put Billy Lee cheering in the audience. And nobody noticed for 20 years. I mean, <laughs> it took a long time for somebody to finally go, hey, that's that's, uh, that's Jimmy. So we know that there were spinoffs of the Double Dragon, the cartoon series in the movie. And we know about the comic book. So Marvel's Double Dragon featured villains that were more super villains than street thugs. It was no longer the Black Warriors. Billy and Jimmy battle characters like Legger Demon as a sorcerer. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, exoskeleton, robot suit. Wasn't a far stretch for them to pump out another Iron Man type. Stealth. Can you guess what Stealth did? Turned invisible. Whoop, whoop. Again, I think I had six issues I said. But the most interesting part about Double Dragon comic is that Billy and Jimmy are introduced to their biological father whom they had never met before. He resembles Stanley. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah. So, all right. Probably one of my favorite facts that I came across. As we know, Sarge, piracy was rampant. It has been rampant in home computers for forever. It was more expensive and more difficult to reproduce the cartridges that were used with Atari, Nintendo, and Sega consoles. When it came to floppy disks, it was easier to copy information. You know, that's something that almost any computer knowledgeable person knows. So, with piracy being an issue, 
developers leave messages within the contents of their games. You know, so when hackers were going through coding and whatnot, they would find these things. These, you know, generally were things like, please wait a few months so we can make money from this game. Or I hope you die in a fire. <laughs> so, all right. Nice. Yeah. The disc for the, well, what was the Armstrong? Um, Armstrong? I, the uh, version of Double Dragon contained a file that was intended to be read by hackers. It contained the lyrics to Pink Floyd's song Run Like Hell from their album <laughs> The Wall. It was intended to be a hint as to how to access the cheat code as you needed to type Run Like Hell while the game was paused. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Developers messing with hackers. Intended hackers. <laughs> All right. So that has been D is for Double Dragon. I could go on with many things I skipped in my notes, but I don't feel like it. I don't feel like we need much more on Double Dragon. I'm going to let this episode die like Double Dragon should also do. Double Dragon does not need to continue. We don't need to keep making more. Some things are better left just done. So, anyway. I think that's fair. And and I would like to say with, with that, you know, now that you wrap that up, did you guys know that the Beastie Boys are releasing a five-part box set? I didn't, but I feel like there's a second part to this. Parts A through D are free, but you have to fight for your right to part E. All right. Wow. Okay, so... Um, it's called a dad joke. I thought yeah, we were doing yeah, dad no, jokes. No, I, I mean... That, that, was, that was a dad joke. It, it, was a, it was painfully a dad joke. But <laughs> I do appreciate that it's a dad joke that dads now <laughs> listen to more of the Beastie Boys. Yes. Oh, so, absolutely. They, yeah. You have to be of a certain age, for yeah. sure. So, uh, Sarge? Yes, what can I do for you? Your dad joke? I thought it's more just a fact, you know. Sundays are just a little sad. The day before is always a Saturday. I like it. I like it. I was going to do my meditation joke. but I was going to take up meditation, but <laughs> I, I figure it's better than sitting around all day. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. What do they call the uh, T-Rex that sold guns? Small arm salesman. He was a small arm dealer. Yeah. So, yeah. and uh, you know, I know uh, previously on another episode we talked about our shirts and things we were wearing. Um, you, I see you're wearing a uh, Mario Three knockoff Three Eleven shirt. There, mm-hmm. Monster mm-hmm. Sarge looking great in his uh, blue polo. And I believe uh, your shirt is a reference to Shit's Creek. It is. Uh, it's a Rosebud Motel shirt that uh, love it that my girlfriend made for me, which I uh, I. Dearly love this shirt. It fits really well. It's comfortable. But do you know why Waldo always wore striped shirts? He didn't want to be spotted. Mm, I like it. That's a pause with a grunt. I appreciate it. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's how it works. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been D is for Double Dragon. And uh, we are D for done. Bye. Bye. Later. Long farewell, I'll meet us in a jet. It's over. Done. Done.